Welcome to the Tear Out the Tags podcast, where you learn to remove the labels that are holding you back. Your life is increasingly defined by simple words that are meant to categorize you. These words are turned into hashtags, making you feel stuck with a limited definition of what you can be in this world. Tags, though helpful online, are ineffective at fully describing how big and extraordinary you are. Let's get started. Hello, Emboldened Crew, and happy Friday to you. Today is a super exciting day. We are having our first guest featured on Tear Out the Tags, the podcast. I first came across our special guest when I saw her artwork hanging on the wall of a family member's home. Now, I have to tell you, this artwork was very unique. It was a Texas longhorn skull, and it had flowers above it painted beautifully. And if you can only imagine, like, rustic and country meets beautiful floral and feminine. Now, without further ado, I want to introduce you to Rocky Heiser, a native of Wyoming and an overall badass in business. This human being that we're about to interview has a wild story and a long history of wearing a lot of different hats. Rocky, it's so nice to have you on the podcast today. Thank you. That was quite the introduction. (laughs) So Rocky, you have, and I'm just going to like run through the things that you've done. You've worn um, hats in culinary arts, corporate food industry, health and fitness, education, nonprofits, economic development, private resort event planning, and of course, entrepreneurship. And what I found so interesting is you actually started your career in entrepreneurial spirit at 10 years old. Tell me about that. Yeah, from a very early age, I think entrepreneurship or just the desire to make and sell things has been in my DNA from as early as I can remember. The first transaction I ever had was, yeah, at 10 years old, and I would take glass beads and make these cute little rings, and then I would braid bracelets and sell them to my friends at elementary school, which now that I think back on it, it was probably not even allowed. I don't know if it's illegal, but we did it. You know, at the lunchroom, I would set everything out on the lunch table and my friends would pick which ones they wanted and I would sell them for like a dollar a piece. And I thought it was really cool. And I just have always kind of looked for that opportunity to express my creative side and then obviously to make a little bit of money off of it. You know, I love that because I feel like in school, it's not always encouraged to couple what we're learning with that entrepreneurial spirit. And it's so interesting because in the creative field, oftentimes we devalue kids or demotivate them, making them think you can't earn a living being an artist. But you're saying the opposite. You're saying, no, you absolutely can step into your creativity and make a living doing it. Definitely. And I would would agree with everything you just said. And I can't remember a time where the arts or being creative was really advocated for as a career path where you could make a living off of it. But I would certainly disagree. You know, if you have the passion and the talent for it and you have the drive to go for it and make it become something, it certainly can be. Yeah, definitely. Well, and you briefly mentioned there that this was in your DNA. So tell me about who inspired this spirit in you. I have a lot of very uh, strong-minded, business-minded people in my family. My mom is the first person that comes to mind and and my dad as well. And, And them jointly together have started a business or two or 10 of their own. And so I kind of grew up seeing that. And then if you have an idea and you think it's worthwhile and you put the time and effort into it, it can you know, evolve into business. Yeah, I definitely saw that growing up and just never really thought anything other than that. And so I've tried my hand at a couple different things and I've probably had four or five different businesses along the way so far. And I anticipate having a lot more as I continue on. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I love that you're not done. That's so incredible. 
She has a, a wicked successful business and she's still going. So, and we'll get into that here shortly. I want to ask you a quick question about the first time we talked to you, you had talked about your mom and grandmother being very resilient in nature, very strong, very independent. And I'm curious, what was that like for you having that modeled growing up? And how do you think that supported your ability to go and chase these dreams? It definitely set the, a couple different things. It set the tone and it set the bar very high. So um, with my mom and my grandmother being very successful uh, business owners or managers in whatever role they were playing, it was the perfect example for me that if you want to be at the top, you can definitely work your way there. Yeah, I think just the self-confidence was just naturally there from the beginning because I saw them take their ideas and run with them. And I just, I've never really questioned my decisions or my path. Yeah, I love that. Well, and it, it rings true in even how you talk about business and speak about your accomplishments. Would you say that the majority of your generation was modeled this same type of resilience and confidence growing up? Um, No, unfortunately. I think it's kind of rare to have that in your family or have that in your environment. And I would really like to see, you know, we talked a little bit about in school earlier, kind of what's modeled in front of you. I would like to see more advocating for starting a business or taking your ideas and turning them into reality instead of just leaving them on a piece of paper. Um, so no, I, I don't think that my generation really was encouraged to take that path, but my brother is 10 years younger than me. So there's quite a bit of, of years in between us. I see his generation more so embracing entrepreneurship or business ownership than mine. I think it's really interesting that you mentioned that the Gen Z's are more confident, more resilient, and more entrepreneurial as a whole. And I wonder how much it has to do with the internet. You know, when I think back to how we grew up, we were sort of along with previous generations learning how to use the internet to our advantage. But when you look at the Gen Z's, they really were raised with technology at their fingertips. Tech was kind of, I remember when we first got internet. I remember when my mom came home and, and we did our first dial-up internet. And that was like, at that time, I didn't really know or care what it was. And now looking back, I'm like, wow, that was a huge moment. And had I been my age now at that moment, I can't even imagine where I would be because people who capitalize on tech, you know, tech gets a bad name. Everybody says we're in our phones all the time. We're always on our computers. We're always this and that. It is a tool that can really be used. It's, it's mind-blowing the progress you can make and the things you can do if you embrace tech for what it is. And really there are no, there are no limits. And so all the resources that we need to do what we want to do or start whatever business you want to start, they're out there. You just have to go and do it. Yeah, definitely. Well, what a perfect segue into wild and pretty because this amazing human Rocky has a e-commerce site that the, the amazing part about this is you sort of stumbled into this and it's just growing sort of like accidentally, yeah. Um, which I think is just such an incredible, powerful story, but it also speaks to your art. And I want to get into what is Wild and Pretty and, and how you came across this business idea and kind of jump into the business side of what you're working on now. So tell us about your company. Yeah. So Wild and Pretty is the name of my brand and I started in March of 2018. And it, it truly was an accident. I was sitting at a brewery with some friends and I had a photo of a piece of art that I wanted to try and do for myself. And it was a longhorn cow skull and somebody had decorated it with these really beautiful floral arrangement and hung it above their mantle. And um, 
I had seen them at weddings and I was like, gosh, I don't want to do that. I said, but I don't know where to get any skulls, bison skulls, longhorn skulls, anything. And this guy overheard me, total stranger overheard me. And he goes, well, I know where you can get some. I'm a taxidermist and I have a shop full of them. And so I went there, you know, a couple of days later and it was the beginning of what now is a business. And I, I really was not looking to start another business. I was pretty happy and content with the job that I had at the time. And here I am, you know, two years later, I'm entering my third year. And I really don't see it slowing down anytime soon. No, in fact, you've you've expressed that people are now asking for apparel. And yeah. <laughs> you, I, I saw you just got some really cute hats. And so tell me about the apparel piece and how you're expanding on your art with yeah. merchandise. That was a total accident too. I was at a trade show with my art and I had put my logo, a shirt similar to the one I'm wearing now, but I had put my logo on a t-shirt and people were asking if they were for sale. And the name Wild and Pretty... Uh, was my brand name at the time, but I didn't really understand that it was going to be something that other people felt as well. And so I said, you know, they're not for sale, but they could be. And so I, I put my my name on a couple other t-shirts and they they sold so fast. And I was like, maybe I need to think about, you know, the apparel business too. So I started, it was just my name on a t-shirt. I have hand-drawn my logo. I have a lot of pride in that. So I put that on some some different things and it really is kind of taking off and creating its own identity. So that's the other arm of the business right now is, is the apparel. And again, it was just kind of a happy accident and going with it and people seem to be pleased with it and wanting more. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, and I, I want to speak into your audience and your customers and why does wild and pretty resonate for them? I think it's something that everybody feels but isn't really sure how to express, you know, this contradiction of being wild and pretty and, you know, the wild side of it is having ambition and having, you know, speaking out and speaking up about certain things and maybe going against the grain a little bit, but on the other side being pretty about it and pretty isn't just, you know, about aesthetics. It's having a pretty heart and having compassion and understanding other viewpoints. But, you know, having that strong side balanced with that compassionate side and understanding. I think that's something that we're all discovering, especially you look at how this year has gone and we're so divided right now. And I think it's just a really, really good way of stating you can have your opinions, you can have your identity, you can be exactly who you are. That also means that you can have not a softer side, but a more graceful side of going about what you do in your day. That description of having that heart, but also not letting go of who you are is such a, a such a big lesson for the youth and, and really all of the generations of our world right now. Um, and I, I appreciate you pointing out the divide that's happening in our country and in our world and what you're trying to do to, to pull people together and to build a brand that's really about community. You and I talked previously, we had a short interview just to get to know each other. You had mentioned, I, I always ask people like, who is Rocky? Who are you? And your answer to me was profound. Now I am from the same state as you. So maybe that's why it landed so heavy on me, but I'd love for you to share with the audience. How did you respond to that question? Yeah, I think I said, I am Wyoming, which it kind of just came out and maybe it doesn't make sense to some people, but if you're from Wyoming, I think it maybe resonates a little bit more, but I am born and raised in Wyoming and I would not want to live anywhere else. I have an appreciation for travel. I love to travel and go different places and see things and meet new people, but this is my home and it really has shaped the person that I am and how I run my business and the type of life I live all the way around. And so if you're not from Wyoming, you know, I, I think that people perceive Wyoming as being small 
small as a state, small towns. And there's kind of this undertone of being small-minded as well, but it really is, is quite the opposite. And I've seen so many big ideas come out of people who are, f- are from a town with a population of 300 people. And it really, the environment that we live in, geography of our state, the mountains, the wide open spaces, I mean, it truly, truly is a great place to clear your mind and to also find inspiration at the same time. As part of Tear Out the Tags, we have the six things written on most tags. And one of those is origin. If you imagine like a shirt, it says made in China, right? Or made in America. That's what I think of when you say I am Wyoming. And it's so interesting because the place that we're from does not always support our growth and development. And it doesn't always feel good. Maybe you grew up in an area where political or religious beliefs were different than how you ended up in your adult life. It's really neat to hear you say, I am Wyoming, because to me, that really says that your origin played a very serious role on who you are as a person and that heart that you put into your business. And I love how you describe what it is to be from a state like Wyoming that a lot of people don't even, they don't even know exists. Actually, there's a, there's a company out there And they made up a saying and it's Wyoming isn't real. Yes, those are my friends. (laughs) That's so funny. Yeah. Oh, so it's interesting because folks from Wyoming love their lifestyle and believe so much in, in the way of life there that they actually want the rest of the folks that don't live in Wyoming Uh, like me, to believe that Wyoming isn't really a state. And I think oftentimes if you talk to people from other places, they say, where is Wyoming? What is Wyoming? You know, it's, it's sort of the not talked about state. I love that you shared that with me and I appreciate your heart. So I'm curious, tell me what are city people missing in their daily lives that they aren't getting because they're not from a state like yours? I think the biggest And I've not lived in the city. So what I'm about to say is based on, you know, what I've seen from when I've traveled or had longer stays for work or whatever it may be that led me to be in a city for an extended period of time. But I feel like city people are missing out on the idea that it's okay to slow down. And I myself, I thrive off of the energy of being in a group setting or in a crowd where things are fast paced and, you know, people are throwing ideas out and you got to hurry and rush to your next meeting or your next appointment. I thrive on that. But living and waking up in a place like where I live, Sheridan, Wyoming, and going to sleep at night, feeling safe and feeling content and feeling peaceful and embracing that slower pace of life, it does a lot for your mind and your soul. It's incredible. And so I think, you know, if you haven't experienced what it's like to live in a small town or a smaller state, I think just enjoying and embracing that slower pace doesn't mean you're not getting things done. I think that's kind of how people feel. If I'm not going 100 miles an hour all the time, I'm not getting anything done. It's, it's quite the opposite. I think it, it allows you to have a clearer mind and a clearer head to be more focused to get those things done. You know, I want to ask you while we're on this subject um, about the tag that's influencer. So when I think of influencer, um, I always think of a big social media, you know, character that has like hundreds of thousands of followers. And, and we've sort of tagged this this word influencer to those folks. And and as you and I both know, there are influencers that are doing amazing things in a positive direction. And there's also a lot of negative influence if we're speaking only to like social media influencers. 
But when I look at you and I have a conversation with you, Rocky, I really, really recognize that you wear this tag influencer. And so I'd love for you to share with us how you're able to influence your your community and really the true and meaningful relationships that you have within this town that you live in and, and how that's different than likes and follows on the internet. Yeah. To be an influencer where I live is actually a really easy thing to do because it's what everybody is doing. Because you live in such a small community, the moves you make, the people you meet, the things you do, the things you advocate for, the business you run, the schools, everything is so intertwined that we all influence each other. You know, they're the saying birds of a feather. We're all striving to make a good life for ourselves as well as everybody else, because at the end of the day, that's what makes our community whole is each other. It's really easy to be an influencer because there's so much support and mirrored actions in everyone else who lives here that it sounds a little fantasy-like, but we really are doing the best we can for ourselves and for others every day is what it feels like. Oh, I love that. Well, and tell the audience, what is small? You know, we talk about being from a small community or a large city. What is small? Approximately how many people live in Sheridan? We have about 15,000 people that live here in Sheridan. Previously, I was in Cheyenne, Wyoming, which is the capital of our state. I was there for quite a few years. And Cheyenne was 60,000 people. And I can tell you, even in Cheyenne, for as long as I was there, you get to know a majority of the community and the same vibe and same mission kind of settles there as well in their towns. So 60,000 seems big to me, but at the same time, it's still very small. And a lot of it too is I chose to dive into the communities and be a part of the different organizations or volunteer and really get involved at the at the grassroots level of the town. And that has helped tremendously with developing friendships and partnerships. So Yeah, I love that. And so just to give people a reference point of of where you live and the and um, how rural it is, if you were gonna go to the mall, where's the closest city that you would go to? The closest mall is two hours away. Okay. And then what about like a large city? What's the closest big city? Billings, Montana is two hours north of here. And truthfully, I'm not quite sure what the population is. I would think it's around 70 or 80,000 people. And to us, that's that's big. Rapid City, South Dakota isn't far. That's probably around the same size. Metropolitan City? Gosh, probably Denver. And that's where I live. So you'll have to come visit me soon. <laughs> yeah. Well, I love your heart. I love the small town spirit of what you're building. I love that you are taking an art and that you're reaching people using technology to your to what you were saying earlier and capitalizing on on the ability to really drive your brand and and dr- by driving your brand I just mean driving this incredible message of how you described both heart and compassion and you know standing for something you know not just being someone who's going to fall in line with everything that somebody else is doing. So I really applaud you. Tell us where can the listeners find your brand? Where can we where can we see Rocky's artwork and, and Wild and Pretty's amazing growth? Right now, I am utilizing social media channels. I'm only on Facebook and Instagram. And I say only because I know there's a lot of untapped potential on a lot of other platforms, YouTube, Pinterest, Twitter, the list goes on. But right now I'm focused on Facebook and Instagram. Like I said, I'm in year two, headed into year three, and it has proven to be pretty successful for me and easy to use. And so it's at wild and pretty 
on Instagram and then it's wild and pretty on Facebook and wild is W Y L D. Um, and the W Y is also the initials of our state Wyoming. So a little play on that. And my website should be done soon. Oh my gosh. Any of you out there who that's what you do for a living is create websites. Kudos to you because it has been the most daunting task I've undertaken in the last year. And it's really not my favorite thing to do, but that should be done hopefully here in the next week. And that the domain for that is wildandpretty.com. Well, congratulations. And I ha- I must say that someone who wears as many hats as you do would be designing their own website. <laughs> or someone like me would just hire it out and have someone else do it. So I applaud you for that as well. Well, I'm sure that it's going to be fantastic. And if you are looking to find Rocky, I will have her bio, a photo of her and her links to her social and website in the show notes. And Rocky, I I hear that you might have some more to share with us. So we may have you on again soon to share um, a little bit more about your your personal life and, and kind of what makes you tick and the tags that surround that. So thank you for supporting Tear Out the Tags and being a guest on our show today. And we will talk to you very soon. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining Rocky and I having a conversation about business, life, and small town living. I'll be back on December 18th with Andy Storch, author of the new book, Own Your Career, Own Your Life. It's going to be an exciting interview, and I look forward to sharing it with you. In the meantime, check us out at www.tearoutthetags.com, and you can find us on Instagram at emboldenlabel. That's E-M-B-L-D-N-Label.